to another edition of the weekly Yes Am podcast. I am Travis Thomas, the host of the weekly Yap, and uh, really excited about today's guest. Uh, his name is Tyler Adams. He is a professional soccer player here in the United States. Uh, Tyler's with the uh, the New York Red Bulls organization, and uh, I had the privilege uh, to work with Tyler for a couple of years while I was at IMG Academy. Tyler was a part of the uh, the U17 uh, U.S. National Team residency program there, and uh, so got to connect with him a few times and reached out to him via uh, social media, and he was gracious enough to uh, to jump on the weekly yap. And so, Tyler, thanks for jumping on the podcast, man. Yeah, thanks, Travis. Thanks for having me on. Really excited. So really excited to have you on. And again, I, I love talking to uh, uh, to entrepreneurs, to, to people who are just kind of living their passion, living their purpose, and obviously working with athletes and specifically working with soccer players holds a special place in my heart. Um, and so, Tyler, before we before we started the podcast, you you shared some exciting news with me. So go ahead and share what the what the latest professional news for you is. Yeah, so, you know, a couple of days ago, or about a week ago now, um, I got invited to my first under-20 age group uh, U.S. national team call-up. So I'm really looking forward to that. We head to Costa Rica next week from the 13th to the 20th in final preparation for World Cup qualifying in February. So it's really exciting. That's uh, fantastic. Congratulations. And for, and for someone who, who's listening who might not necessarily understand sort of how the whole national team system works, Tyler, can you give, us, give, give them a little bit of a, uh, an insight into that? Yeah, so uh, U.S. soccer sets up an academy system, obviously, throughout the, the country that has a bunch of different academy teams, uh, whether that's MLS academies or just, you know, a local local academy. Um, U.S. scouts go around and, you know, they pick the best players that they find in a country and they hold these mini national camps. Uh, obviously, U20 cycle, being an older age group, you pick from, from uh, younger age groups, which uh, kids have participated in. For me, I went to residency under 17s and worked my way up now making it to the under 20 age group. And so when you get invited in for these camps and for these teams, there's, there's really never a guarantee that uh, you're ultimately going to make the squad. Isn't that right? Yeah, that's, that's right. And so how do you, how do you deal with that? I know that was, that was one area that uh, uh, I was really sort of uh, interested in um, when I was with IMG and, and keeping an eye on the program. And, you know, especially you guys with the residency program, a good group of you lived there and trained together and became close. But when it comes right down to going to a qualifying tournament or, or going to a World Cup tournament, uh, only so many guys make it. So, so how do you deal sort of with that reality? How do you approach that pressure? Yeah, I mean, obviously, on and off the field, you're playing with, you know, your brothers that you call them. Uh, you, you come so, so close knit with all the players that are that are within these camps. You know, you spend a lot of time with them day in day out. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it's a competition. You, you know, you have to work to earn your spot. And at the end of the day, you know, the best players will only get called to qualifying because big players show up in big games. And for me, um, I never really thought of it as a pressure situation because every time I step on the field, all it is is fun for me. So uh, I'm never really scared to fail. And, and I think that's what, that would, that's what makes a lot of uh, the U.S. soccer player successful. So talk about that a little bit. That's an area, you know, I, I get to work with a youth soccer club here in Florida. Um, and, and we really talk about failure. We talk about embracing failure, learning, mm-hmm. learning from failure. So for you, where does that sort of, where does that come from that, that not having a fear to fail? Yeah. You know, I, that's always been bred into me. I think, uh, playing with Red Bulls all the time, you know, you find that you find a passion for winning and, and with winning, you, you know, you never really get to fail, I guess you could say, because in, within the academy, I wouldn't say that, that 
the what's the word for it probably not the competition the competition is always good but the competition within your team is even harder so you find that you know battling for a spot day in day out you you find yourself ready to play and ready to succeed so i think that the environment that you're in plays a big part in that and then um your your own mentality like i said i'm not, i'm not really scared to fail my parents have always said that that when you do fail you know you learn from it and my coaches have also said that now being in a professional environment you see see a lot of big time players i'm playing next to guys like sasha question and bradley Ray phillips who you know were were in the mvp race this year right so it from learning from them uh, each day, sitting in the locker room with them and learning from what they do, you know, it's never, it's just, it's all about fun at the end of the day. And when you fail, you learn from that. That's, that's, that's awesome. And so I want to talk a little bit about uh, just your development real quick through the Red Bull system. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been, you've been with the club since 2011 and yep. you're, you're actually the first player to, to go through the development school uh, and, and sign a professional contract. So how does that feel? Yeah, it's, you know, a lot of weight off my shoulders, I would say, because I always wanted to, to be a role model for a lot of the kids in, in the program now. And I look back now and I say, well, it's pretty cool to be to be the first player to do so. And, and now, actually, my brother plays um, on the academy as well. So it's cool kind of setting the standard for him as well that, you know, he might he could be the next player to do that as well. So it's pretty cool. Oh, well, that, the, the genes well run in the family then, huh? <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> well, then that gets me to a question I'm really interested in uh, because, uh, uh, you know, the, the world of youth sports, um, it, can, it can reveal uh, uh, not always the prettiest picture at times, um, and uh, especially when it comes to, to parents, to the sideline behavior, to overbearing parents. Um, tell me about what kind of influence your parents had uh, sort of on your soccer career careers and, and, and your brother as well, um, how they are supportive, you know, how did they help you sort of stay motivated and support you? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, they kind of left the motivation up to me. I was always a, a two-sport athlete. I always played basketball and soccer, and, you know, they never, ever made me make a decision in which one I wanted to play because, obviously, I had a passion for both of them at a young age. Um, I actually stopped playing my freshman year in high school. I'm now a senior in high school, so it's not really that long ago that that I stopped playing basketball, which is quite funny. And, you know, they, like I said, they always said, just go out there, have fun. And the day you stop having fun will be the day you stop playing. And I never had stopped having fun with either one of them. It just, I just felt that soccer, I had more of a passion for. And that's the same with my brother. He was always a two sport athlete as well. And they always encouraged him, you know, the more sports you can play, the better you socialize with different groups of people and meet new people. And that's, that's a big part of it. And then uh, today, now I find myself in a, and you know a bigger franchise of a club and with Red Bulls and I'm meeting people that I, that love to do the same thing as me every day. So your parents weren't uh, peppering you before the game about this is what you need to do Tyler or beating you up after a game for why didn't you play better Tyler. Uh, it sounds like it was a more supportive environment. Yeah, definitely. It was always positive. You know, there were some negative things. Well, maybe I messed up in a game or maybe it wasn't the best performance for me. But I always kept they always gave me the mentality to just keep my head down and keep going, because at the end of the day, hard work is the only thing that's going to get you to the next step. Great. All right. So I have a question uh, from uh, one of the kids in the Master Soccer Club that that knew I was going to be talking to you today. His name is Kai Escoto. Okay. Hello, my name is Kai. Uh, I'm 12 years old. And at what age did you realize you're going to be a soccer player? 
Yeah. So like I said before, getting back into kind of the basketball and soccer thing, I always wanted to play soccer, professional soccer at a young age. But at the same time, basketball always had this, you know, this side. I always had a side love for basketball, I guess you could say. Yeah. But yeah, at, at, at probably, I want to say eight, eight, nine. I always wanted to become a professional soccer player. Um, Thierry Henry, when he played for Arsenal, uh, always really had a big influence on me. Yeah. So, so that was definitely uh, huge for me. And then ended up coming and playing for the Red Bulls. Yeah, and that that was really cool because once I came into the academy for the first time, he was kind of the big signing for the yeah. Bulls, as you could say. So I got to be around him a little bit, and actually one of the coolest parts of my career so far was when I signed early. Uh, last year in November or two years ago in November, um, I actually got to train with him. Uh, he came back to visit and he was training and it was a pretty cool experience to get to talk to him, you know, have a conversation with him. What, what kind of lesson or what, what insight do you take away from a player of that caliber? Yeah. I, I mean, I would say that even at, he's a retired player. He came back to Red Bulls and still had the same intensity as if he were training at, at, as a 16 year old he wanted to yeah. be on the field just as bad and it's like he never wanted to leave the game which i'm sure no soccer player ever wants to really leave the <laughs> game but um it was amazing to see like his work ethic like he would he would stay after practice and practice free kicks and and everything like that while people are leaving the field and this guy is 37 years old and retired while everyone else is maybe 20 so it's, it's crazy to see his work ethic yeah that work ethic the uh, the 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 extra time in um, yes. you just think yeah you think of the number of repetitions over the years and uh in sort of fine-tuning that craft yeah it's it's incredible well, I've got another question here. This is from Shepard. Shepard is uh, nine years old. Hi, my name is Shepard. I'm nine, and I want to know how many hours a day you practice when you were nine. Yeah, uh, a lot. Of, it's funny because a lot of kids always ask me that question, and you know, I always, I always tell them as soon as I got off the school bus from school. Uh, the first thing I would do is go outside until it was dark out, just juggling, shooting on a goal, hitting the ball against the wall, doing whatever I can to, you know, just just having the ball, even if it was in the house. And I know I'd always get yelled at from my mom for that. That's something I did get yelled at for, uh, <laughs> not, to, not to break anything. But um, whenever I could touch the ball, and that's the same as today, I dribble around the house all day. But as a young, young, young player, that's always what I want to do is just juggle and have fun. And so, yeah, you've mentioned that a few times, that idea of, of just how fun the game is to you, how fun the, the competition is for you, even at the elite level that you're at. Um, what aspects of the game uh, are not so much fun that, uh, that uh, a lot of people might not necessarily understand from a professional's perspective? Yeah, um, I mean, I guess some things that may not be as fun is you may not get along with a veteran player Every now and then, um, maybe some of the side conversations you may have with a coach that maybe aren't as positive as you want to hear. And uh, these haven't really applied to me, but I think a big part of the professional game now is you're training at such a high intensity all the time that you do, you do pick up knocks and injuries that you have to deal with mentally. And uh, that's a big part of, of the game that I learned today. Yeah, just that, uh, that, that dealing with all the different personalities and, uh, and, and finding, yeah, finding that common goal. Yeah, I, I think that the other thing is all these guys come from different backgrounds. I know a close player that I am I'm with on the team today. Uh, his name's Felipe, and he's from Brazil. Uh, he kind of, you know, he told me his kind of his background, and it, it wasn't always easy. Obviously, growing up in the favelas of Brazil, that he's, I mean, it, it's sad to say, but you know, he's seen people. Uh, 
play for the game that and you know end up getting killed in front of his own eyes and you know this is the game that when he's on the field he's doing it for his family and everybody else you know it's not just just about himself and you know you deal with these kind of these kind of personalities like you said and and it's really eye-opening right and and you notice sort of the uh, the motivation and the passion yeah, that that exactly. different people yeah and that's what you're competing against on a day-to-day yep. basis and so off that point, uh, I got another question here from, from, from Holland. Holland's 12. Hello, my name is Holland. What do you do when you get nervous before soccer games? Yeah, so that's, that's another uh, one that I like to answer because for me, it's, not, it's, not, it's never really about nerves. Like I always say, I, what's always on my mind is to go out there and have fun. And, and I felt that every time that that mentality uh, seeps through my head that – I, I play, I'm at my best and I'm focused. I remember uh, stepping out on the field for that USL championship uh, match and, you know, ultimately we, we ended up winning the game 5-1, which maybe that's a high scoreline in some standards, but I felt that for me, all I was thinking about is how can I make my teammates better and, and how much how much passion can I show without showing too much passion on the field, you know, not, not giving up a stupid foul or not giving getting a stupid yellow card, but at the same time, finding that penetrating ball that may end up to a goal. And that all comes with, through the mentality of just going out there and having fun because once when you're having fun, you play loose and, you know, you have all this confidence, and that's that's how I ended up playing. Yeah, and and, uh, and by the way, for those of you listening, uh, Tyler was on uh, the Red Bull squad that won the USL championship uh, this past season, so congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, and so to that point, so um, do you have, you know, do you have a, a pregame routine or a mental routine or something that you do uh, that gets you in the right frame of mind either before a match? Uh, and then how do you sort of manage that mental side during a match? Yeah, I think that I'm still kind of, as a young player, searching for the, the right mental routine before a match. Um, I think that always having my headphones on before a game and kind of being in my own world before the pregame talk, which we have, it always sets me in the right mindset. Uh, having my choice of music and, you know, whether it's relaxed kind of music or ready to get me pumped up for the game. Um, how can, I've, I try to figure out how can I be um, overly not overly excited but not too calm and yeah. that's it's tough to find the right balance um but I, i'm seeming i find it easier each game to to find that right balance and then um sorry what was your other yeah question? so and then when then when you're in the game when you're in the heat of the moment there's uh mm-hmm. there's so many twists and turns ups and downs um what do you ha- what do you do to sort of manage the mental side in game yeah, I think that staying composed is a huge part of it. I think that, you know, like I said before, you're going to have uh, plays that don't go your way. You're going to have possibly a bad pass that may lead to something. I remember earlier this year, I made a mistake where they cleared the ball and I was the last man back. And instead of just maybe taking the easier pass uh, and playing it back to the keeper, I tried to dribble out and we ultimately got, got ended up, ended up score, getting scored on. And but I never found myself making that mistake again. And, you know, I rely on my teammates to, you know, help me out in that situation. Like I said, being a younger player, um, you, you know, you, you learn these things at, at a high game intensity game. And then I never ended up making that mistake again. So, (laughs) so, so go back to, go back to the heat of that moment. Then the mistake is made. Obviously you feel, you feel it in that moment, but you got to get the ball back in play and, and keep going. So so what are you saying to yourself in that moment to, to get you back focused again? Yeah, at first, obviously, I, I'm really mad at myself, and I, I put my head down, and I'm like, oh, man, this isn't happening. And 
then after that, I realized, you know, what can I do? And the, the mistake is already made. Now let's go and put the ball in the back of their net. So at the end of the day, I ended up having an assist uh, to a teammate that we ended up winning the game. So, you know, you have to put your head down and keep going. Fantastic. You know, a lot of people, you know, from the outside, you go, oh, someone's a professional athlete. Like, that's just great. Um, and, and the reality is, is that the uncertainty that goes along with being a professional athlete, um, not knowing where you're going to be from year to year, if you're going to be yeah. pulled up or, or you know, or, or set back. Um, so how do you how do you deal with that side of things where, you know, so much is out of your control, um, but you're still expected to sort of perform at a high level over and over? And so how do you find peace with that? Yeah, I, I think that the uncertainty part, it, like you said, it all comes down to how you play. And and for me, I, I keep saying it, but I just go out there like like it is certain that I have a job and mm. you know that the competition I, I I'll always put my head down and you know work as hard as I can so that that's never going to change but the certainty that that not, I'll be I'll be comfortable within the environment environment that I'm in but never too comfortable because obviously there's still competition day in day out and you know at the end of the day I I didn't I didn't reach the goals that I wanted this year but I know that there's going to be room next year now where I can reach my goals. It's not because I didn't play bad, but maybe it's because the person that was in front of me, I pushed them so hard to just be that much better. And that's how I, that's how I kind of thought about it this year is that the players that were in front of me played and had an outstanding seasons and we didn't make it as far as we might have wanted to. So I pushed the player in front of me to be, as good as they could be, that's why I wasn't playing particularly. Yeah, yeah, and I, I love that idea of of you showing up and, and 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 playing at your best, pushing other other players to play at their best as a result. Um, and you'd even mentioned it earlier on is you know making you know playing and making your other teammates look good, um, yeah. which is a mantra you know I'm I'm, I'm a, a big fan of and, and preach a lot. So for you to go through sort of the academy from day one, and you probably played with hundreds of different players over the years. Um, what do you see from your standpoint? What's the difference? Because you know, the t- there's so much talent out there. Um, but what did you notice between you and other players that that kind of really move on compared to players that don't necessarily move on? What's the biggest difference you see? Yeah, I think that from my standpoint, it was all about the commitment. I think that you know. I was a player that that never wanted to get off the field. I think some players may have found like a lack in in finding the right balance between maybe their social life and and you know everything else going on in their lives. You know, it's tough being, you know, having the commitment that certain players have because you know you're missing out on a lot of stuff for me I, I still have the privilege to go to high school um i go in the morning and I, I go to practice kind of midday um so i kind of i have the right balance between my social life and soccer but for some players it's it or for some people it's hard to find the right balance sometimes maybe they're overly too social and that that leads to lack of commitment on the soccer field or maybe um vice versa so i think that for me it's all it's all about the balance and you know having having the right amount of fun off the field without taking it too far and having the right balance on the field um of putting all that you can put in to make it to the next level what do you think it is for you sort of from a a personal purpose standpoint from a from a motivation standpoint that you're you're able to push through the the difficult parts you know how would how would you sort of articulate your your purpose or your passion for the game yeah so I, i that's actually, you know, in a way, a tough question. I think that I've always had the right passion for the game. Um, 
and I've always wanted to take my game to the next level. So I think that at the same time, the way that my that my parents kind of kind of bred me uh, to believe in the game, I was always around the game. My mom a soccer player, my dad a soccer player, my brother's obviously playing soccer. Um, and I, like I said, I wanted to be a role model kind of to players and, you know, kind of be that person that, that everybody's like, oh, I kind of want to be like this kid in, in the future. Um, so kind of setting the right guidelines for myself and criteria to me, you know, to become the best player that I can be. Because at the end of the day, I, you know, the sky's the limit and I haven't really scratched, you know, I've only scratched the, the surface so far. And there's so much more that I can do. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. But at the same time, I'm, I'm trying to set an example for, for a lot of other people. Yeah. What is the, the best uh, bit of advice that you uh, received from a coach over the years? Something that really uh, stuck with you? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it comes down to being maybe an exact, exact words of advice. I think that a coach pulled me aside one time and, and, you know, said something as simple as, you know, sometimes the farther away you go from the ball, the easier it will be to find. And I, for, some, for some reason, that always stuck in my head. And as as I progressed throughout uh, the USL and the first team, I've found myself on the ball a lot more than usual, just because it's always in the back of my head. Go go farther away from the ball sometimes, and it and it ends up finding me in better spots. And it, and it's one of those weird things where coming from a player like Chris Armas, who's an assistant coach on our team and one of the best national team players to ever play yeah. play my position, yeah. fortunately. Um, it, it just stuck right in the back of my head. And, yeah, that's that's one of the parts of advice that has stuck with me. I love that. All right, take me back July 23rd, 2015. You're making your debut with the first team. Uh, with uh, Playing just a little team named Chelsea. <laughs> so tell me, what, tell me what that was like. And more importantly, uh, what was going through your mind when you scored that, the second goal of the match? Yeah, so I, I knew in advance that I would be playing, which was – in some ways a good part because all the nerves get to settle and I don't have any nerves before the match. And, uh, and the bad part is I thought about it all way too much. So, um, that being the good part, I would say that I learned, I want to say four days before the match and I approached up to the match just like any other game. And, uh, I stepped onto the field with, with the names like Hazard, Courtois, Diego Costa and, and, <laughs> And all these guys, and I, I'm like, wow, is this like, am I in like a FIFA game right now, or is this like <laughs> real life? So, uh, like I said, I approached it like any other match, and and I kind of played with ease and, and the composure that I never really felt I even had until a big moment like that. Um, so mentally, I, I was, my head was there, my head was there, but um, in in ways physically, I was I was still. I don't, I don't know. I can't explain it. I didn't get tired. I didn't feel anything. It was just like I had this like secret adrenaline that I didn't even know about that that was amazing. So I was running for days, and, and like you said, in the, I ended up scoring the second goal, uh, which put us ahead for, for a point um, in the match. And I found myself drifting forward and ended up getting a perfect ball from, from our, our out-wide player. And I, I put it away, and I was so excited, you know, having playing in front of – uh, 30,000 fans at Red Bull Arena in front of my family. It, it couldn't have been any better. Oh, yeah. I, I, I can't imagine. I could just, yeah. Uh, a, a dream come true happened in that one moment. And then and then I'm sure the question is, well, how do I how do I mimic that performance in every match, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you, definitely, you definitely found that flow. <laughs> um, another question from the youth club here from Liam. Hi, my name's Liam. I'm 14 years old, and I want to know what it's like to take a penalty in the pros. 
Yeah, well, that's a question I can't really answer because I didn't haven't taken any. All right. But I've been to I've been to plenty of PK shootouts, and and you know the nerves are definitely there for your teammates, but. At the same time, you know, you have to rely on your teammates to come up in big plays. And every shootout that I've been in, which is amazing, I've ended up actually winning at the professional level, whether it's been the under-17 World Cup qualifying, which was, you know, put us through to, to the World Cup, or whether it's been on our, our USL run recently, we just we played in two PK shootouts and ended up winning. So, you know, the nerves are definitely there, but the confidence is also there for your, for your teammates. And so take me to the the U-17 uh, qualifier. You guys are playing against, is it uh, Jamaica, correct? Yes, we played Jamaica. Play Jamaica. So the game goes to penalty shootouts. You guys need to win the shootouts to go to the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what was that experience like for you? I can tell you I was alone in a coach's room at IMG Academy sweating, sweating oh. profusely, watching you guys yeah. from afar. Uh, yeah. but, but, but take us onto the field, onto the pitch. What was that like for you? It, it was unbelievable, that's for sure. Playing in such a hostile environment, in, such as Honduras, you know, where we really weren't the game to be watching because whoever won our game did go through, but the match that all the Honduran fans were waiting for was Honduras in the game after for whoever won that game to go through. Right. So they started, they didn't really start to crowd the, the stadium until probably like the 70th minute in, of our game. So 20 minutes left to go. And then, you know, it just got ridiculously loud. Honduran fans all rooting against us. You know, nobody wants us to go through. No, which of course. Is obviously typical, no matter where you are in the country or outside the country, <laughs> um, always rooting against USA. But, you know, our team just had this, you know, kind of almost like a swagger to us that we were, ne- we were never going to lose that game, no matter what the circumstances were. So, you know, I want to say we ended up in regular time. It was tied 2-2 two to two, um, before going to the PKs. Um, but, yeah, like I said, we had this swagger to us where we were never going to really lose the game. And I had complete confidence in our team that if it did come down to PK shootouts, we were going we to win. So, yeah. Yes, yes, that was, uh, yeah, I think uh, for anyone who knows me, I have a full head of gray hair. Um, I, I, I don't think I did before that game, so uh, that, that, that was a fun one to watch. How many high school kids, uh, you know, are going to high school during the day uh, and, and having this professional career? What's, uh, what's been the coolest thing about being in the, the pro-life thus far? Um, I would probably say kind of being on a not a first name basis, but on a on such a, a good level with with all the players in the locker room and and you know how how family oriented the team is because to have such a good group of guys in the locker room every day, such as what what we have at, at the Red Bulls, it, it's truly amazing. You know, you walk in and out, and sometimes. You know, like I said, my brother's on the team, and no matter what family member I ever bring to a game, which is usually my whole family, or um, to, to the training facility, everybody always says hello, everybody always is greeting each other, and everybody, there's such positive vibes all the time around the locker room, and I think that comes a lot from from the transition between our sporting director and our head coach now, Jesse Marsh and Ali Curtis, that they've just played a huge part. And this is what, this is what the team has to be like. And if there's not players like this here, then we don't want them. And, and that's just created such a, an essential vibe within the locker room. And I, and I love that. And that's probably kind of the coolest thing I've taken away so far from, from being in uh, professional sports. Oh yeah, and just really sort of developing that, uh, that tight knit culture uh, in the locker yeah, room. That, sound, that exactly. sounds great. Uh, well, you know what? Um, I've got one more, uh, one more question, one more youth question here, uh, Tyler. It actually comes from uh, my 14-year-old daughter. 
Hi, Tyler. My name's Trinity, and I'm 14, and I want to know what it was like for you to meet one of the stars from Stranger Things. Oh, that's a good question. Well, let me tell you something. That was probably, with all the traveling that we do, um, Stranger Things I got to watch on the road, which was pretty awesome. But it was probably one of the coolest TV shows that I've ever watched. And I can't wait for season two. That's the first part. And the second part is, the weirdest part was we met him in Canada. Um, before he was heading home, uh, I think we were in Toronto that game for that weekend for a game, and then he was heading home to New Jersey, which is obviously where we play. So it was kind of cool to find that. I just finished watching it, the show in Toronto, and the next day in the airport, I'm like, oh my god, is that him? And so, so this kid's probably like, I think he's like 13 years old, and right. I'm running up to him, I'm like, can I get a picture with you? You don't know who I am, but I know who you are. And uh, it was pretty cool, you know. It was, it was good talking to him and and his mom and. Uh, developing uh, conversation between uh, his balance between you know his shows and what he does and and what he's looking forward to for the future and stuff like that and it was pretty cool to talk to such a young kid but uh, have such a mature conversation yeah and and again when I think of when I think of the life of professional athletes and you you think of uh, actors, musicians, performers, anyone who is really trying to to take a skill or take a talent to that level. There's so many similarities when it comes to dealing with the pressure and um, just having to sort of stay with it, staying with it when you have no idea sort of where the next opportunity is going to come from. Yeah, the dedication that it takes to, you know, do some of the things that that not not just professional athletes do, because I don't think that I think that the acting that this kid does and, you know, the the amount of time that he puts into it is just is just amazing. And that goes for all for all actors or whatever, whatever craft you're trying to master, you know, the amount of time you have to put into something to make it to such a level is just amazing. Yeah. Well, Tyler, before we run out of time here, um, what's uh, what, what's your goal? What's your ultimate goal that you're you're striving for uh, professionally? Yeah, that, you know, I, I also get this question a lot, and I, I always sit back and you know I kind of think about it, and and at the end of the day, my ultimate goal is to bring a championship to to the team in New York Red Bulls. Um, obviously, uh, you know, bigger bigger scale things to play in a World Cup with with a senior national team, and you know. At the end of the day, I'm not really that that far away in age and everything else when it comes down to it. I mean, a, a, a good friend of mine, obviously, that you would know is Christian Pulisic. And, you know, he's making big moves out in Europe and, and with the national team. And it's great to see that that a player our age can, can do such a big thing because now I, now I set even bigger goals for myself and say, why can't that be me out there? Um, so, so I kind of look back and, and look at it like that as well, but yeah, bringing a championship to New York where there, there wouldn't be a much better feeling than that. Well, that, that would be great. And, and, and Tyler, I tell people all the time that, uh, uh it was a privilege to get to, you know, be around you guys and, and work with you guys a few times. And when I, and I always tell people the thing that I was most impressed by, uh, by, by that group of young men was just, um, a, as a unit, your, your level of professionalism, how you guys showed up, how you carried yourselves, um, and the dedication that you guys put. So it was always a pleasure for me. And, uh, you were definitely one of those players that, uh, you, you stood out from your play, uh, but your your attitude stood out as well. So I wish you uh, nothing but the best of luck moving forward, and uh, I can't wait to see uh, how your star continues to rise, man. Yeah, thank you, Travis. I really appreciate it. And uh, thanks so much. Good luck next week with the U20s uh, in Costa Rica. Thank you. All right, uh, Tyler. Have a wonderful day, man.
YouTube.